With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts carol g juan gabriel christina aguilera what do these three have in common you mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. DraftKings, the leader in fantasy sports, just dropped a brand new fantasy app called Pick 6. Pick 6 is the newest way for you to get in on the fantasy football action with DraftKings. Just pick between two and six NFL players and choose if they're going to have more or less of a stat. For example, will a player have more or less than 100 yards? Or will a player have more than a touchdown? Track your lineup and compete against others for huge cash prizes. Download the DraftKings Pick 6 app now with code RICHARD. That's code Richard, only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football. Terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. The Volume. Know this, girl. You for these jokes. You don't. Super Bowl championship. That should always be the expectation. I ain't mad at you. Go ahead. Richard, we are live. In Las Vegas, Nevada, the Richard Sherman podcast has gone from virtual to in person. Look how far we come, my man. And Mitchell, Mitchell, we've come so far in such a short amount of time. I'm grateful for your being here because I know the heartbreak that you've gone through, Mitchell, after the most unbelievable season in Detroit Lions history, at least recent history, and you got to feel... I got to feel, I, I feel some empathy for you and sympathy because I have a lot of love for you and, and what Detroit stands for, but you're such a gracious friend that you still feel good for me and I'm thankful for you, 
Mitchell. R- Richard, it's not Thanksgiving, <laughs> but my God, I'm thankful for you as well. And you know what? I'm a pseudo 49er fan. I got your jersey, the 25, that. the black. Beautiful jersey, by the way. If there was another team to be here, it's got to be the Niners. The Niners are here, and and word on the street, they got woken up early at 6 a.m. by a fraudulent fire alarm. Richard, you are accustomed to playing in Super Bowls. You've won one. You've lost two. Talk to me about what it's like this week, because I know it's a big week. A lot of family, a lot of friends. You got guys like me bugging you, saying, Richard, Richard, you know, what what are we doing? Like, Talk to me about what it was like playing in these Super Bowls, because I know there's a lot that goes into them. Well, Mitchell, you you can never bother me, first off. But I hear you. There are so many distractions. And there's the media day. They knock you off your schedule. They got you sitting in front of all these people. They got you going around, doing things. Some of these guys never talk to media. They never have press conferences. So you're totally out of your routine, and you can't you can't avoid it. You know, everybody's forced to do it. All 53 guys have to be at – actually, all 69 guys, because even the practice squad guys are at the media day. So you got to trust that 69 guys don't say the wrong thing. you got to trust the last man on the roster, the, the guy that's sitting there who hasn't done a press conference, fresh out of college, hasn't even been on the active roster yet, isn't going to guarantee a Niners win. but I think it's one of the most it's it's a fun week it's a fun experience but I think the Niners are going to be better this time than they were in the past because they've been there before um Debo knows what to expect Fred knows what to expect and they know how to communicate to guys and keep them focused because they have felt the heartbreak of the other side nothing like heartbreak there's no lesson that that teaches better than losing Mitchell, nothing teaches better lessons than losing. And that's what I have to tell my son sometimes. He's like, Dad, we wanted to win. We wanted to win so bad. I said, you deserve to lose because the lesson you're going to learn in this loss is something that I needed for you because you had bad habits in this win that you wouldn't have taken a lesson on if you had won the game. You would have been like, oh, I don't have to fix that. Oh, I don't have to work on that because we won the game. When we lost that Super Bowl, they know now. You can't go to a Super Bowl and BS, Mitchell. You can't go out. You can't go be hanging out. and Hey, it's just another trip. We're going to go. We're going to go have some fun. No, you better sit in the room, focus, because this one week can change the rest of your life. But if you think it's just another week and I'm just going to go hang out and, and then I'll show up to the game, however I show up to the game, it's going to be crazy. You're, you're spot on, Rich. I mean, and I feel like you're talking to me a little bit here. The Detroit Lions, this, they, they learned a lesson from losing to the San Francisco 49ers. Prediction Central, I'm assuming you're <laughs> predicting they're going to be here next year. And, and I do appreciate that, Richard. But before we get into this game, I want to talk about 2019 because you saw this matchup firsthand. You played on the field in Miami and suffered a heartbreaking comeback defeat. Mm-hmm. From my vantage point, I was sitting with your family, seventh row, <laughs> corner end zone, hooting and hollering. It was the best experience ever for three and a half quarters three and a half. until it wasn't. Yeah. And, and, and Richard, we, we know all too well, you know, Patrick Mahomes is that Goliath. He is that guy, you know, and... What was it like being in that situation against him? And when did you know the tide kind of turned in that game? Well, it was just mistakes. It's mistake football, Mitchell. In the NFL and the Super Bowl, you can't make mistakes. We had the Super Bowl we lost against uh, against Tom and, and, uh, and the Patriots where we had a lead. And then they just started attacking Therold Simon, who, who had to play because Jeremy Lane got hurt and he just wasn't prepared for the moment. And so they attacked, they attacked. They scored three touchdowns on him in the second half. And the rest is history. But you you got to go into this these situations and understand that it takes 60 minutes of ball and it takes 53 guys. 
you have to be prepared at every moment because you never know when your number is called. So if you're sitting there all week like, man, I'm happy to be on this team. I'm along for the ride. I don't got to play. And, and a lot of guys go through that because they haven't played all year. You might have a guy that haven't, hasn't played all year, hasn't had a meaningful snap, be the most meaningful impact player in this game. Like, and it happens all the time. You, you sit there and look at the history of Super Bowls and you're like, who is this guy? Who is, who is David Tyree? Like, who's, who, who, who's this random receiver from the Patriots that's scoring touchdowns for him? And it's like, yeah, because they were ready for the moment. They were ready for their number to be called. And if you're not ready for your number to be called when it's called and you disappoint, it's one of the most heartbreaking things you could ever deal with because you, because it's also your opportunity. Like, you play well in this Super Bowl you will get other opportunities. But if you, in that moment, even if that's your first and only moment, don't show up in a big way, Mitchell, your career is likely over because everybody's going to go back and look at that tape and be like, ah, no matter what he does, I just know he's going to fold in the big moment. And it's, it may fair or unfair. That's the way the league is. And so when we got to that Super Bowl, I think everybody was ready for the moment, but then we got to crunch time and guys started to coast. And you can't get to coast crunch time and coast. And we talked about it. We talked about how things need to change, how, how guys got to stay disciplined. And you can hear guys talking about it now because I told them then at every quarter, every time we got to turn it over, every time we did anything, I was like, hey, stay focused. Like after celebrating, like we'll celebrate in a few minutes. Like let's, let's just lock back in and let's finish the job because if we don't finish the job, none of us are going to be happy. And we didn't finish the job. And I think it's taken so much time to get back that they appreciate the grind now. They appreciate when you're a rookie or you're a second year guy, you can't appreciate it. But when you get back and you you witness heartbreak after heartbreak, you go to the NFC title game, you lose. You get back to the NFC title game, you, it turn drops an interception, you lose. You get back to the NFC title game, your quarterback gets hurt in the first quarter. Like, you understand heartbreak, so it hardens you. And so that's what they needed, and that's why I really believe they're going to win this game because there's no way they're going to walk back out of that stadium with a loss. They're probably not going to walk out. Mitchell, I don't believe they're going to walk out if they lose this game. <laughs> You've, this team has learned so much, you know, Richard. And, and watching you throughout your career, it, it was wild to see because obviously you had so much success in Seattle. You know, you had the big, the big moment against Crabtree in the NFC Championship game. You went on to win. Then next year you suffered traumatic heartbreak, uh, run the damn ball, but traumatic heartbreak. And then you go through your Achilles injury. And, and it's like, Seeing the beast inside of you that developed in those moments, like you didn't turn it off. You, you turned to Kobe Bryant. You turned to other guys that were going to uplift you. And then you go to San Francisco, and it's like, what the hell are you doing, Rich? You know that that is the that is a comment. I, that is the comment I gave to you. What the hell are you doing going to San Francisco out of all places? Your your arch rival, and you helped. You turned into Uncle Sherm. You were the veteran in the room. And you helped bring this team. I don't want to say you were the entire identity, but you could see team people <clears throat> gravitate towards you. And, and that game, I, I know you wanted it so bad. Like you could just see it inside you. And I know, I know it was tough. But like, how do you how do you bounce back from that? Like, how do you you're you're right at the the cusp of just achieving something so astronomical, and, and you're not there. Like, how did the, these few guys that are still on this team bounce back? <clears throat> and change this, their history forever here? Mitchell, they haven't yet. They haven't yet. I think we'll answer that question on Monday morning when, when they finish the job because they've gone through so much adversity. They've had so many moments of heartbreak over and over repeatedly. 
it hardens your heart. And I think that's what Niner fans, no fans really can ever understand that because they never played the game. You know, I, I not not that you got to play the game to understand heartbreak because they're, they're, they're living and dying with their team. But on the field, when you're sitting there offseason after offseason, putting in extra work saying, man, we got to get back, we got to get back, and getting back to the cusp. Like they've been to the NFC Championship game four out of the last five years. You talk about, and the, and the only year they didn't go back was right after we lost that Super Bowl. That year, they didn't go to the playoffs because it was just COVID. It was so many things going on. It's heartbreak. We had to move out of California to Arizona. It was just a bad year. But when you get hardened like that, Mitchell, you understand sense of urgency. And most of this team has gone through that. Most of this team, if they weren't part of the Super Bowl, they were part of those NFC Championship losses where they felt like, hey, man, we're the better team. We should win this game. And they went home. And so when you have that kind of heartbreak, you understand, hey, 60 minutes, everything I got, I got to go out here and win this game. And, and, and to the point about the D-line that they're making right now, a lot of those guys hadn't witnessed that heartbreak. They hadn't been a part of it. So you, you, you got a guy like Chase Young who's not hustling to the ball, and you're like, man, what's wrong with him? Well, it's been habit for him. It's been habit. He's been on a losing team for for majority of his career. They've never even been in meaningful games. So he's like, you know, what's, what's it going to hurt if I don't run to the ball? The rest of the team is like, Hey, and not that they play any better. A lot of people loafed on that play, so let's not give anybody passes. But him specifically, he this is the first time he's played in these games. So they have to inject and get him to understand what they've been through so that he can come in with the same mindset that the rest of them have. Like, this is do or die. This is like there is no tomorrow if we lose. There is no coming back. They close and lock the doors, and nobody gets out until we win this game. And that's the mindset they're going into this game with. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have you talked to any of your former teammates? Or how I locked have. in are these guys right now? Mitchell, they're really locked in. They're, they're incredibly locked in, and they're incredibly committed to this win. Like, I, I can't wait to watch the game because they've had – they've had – they've kind of sleepwalked through the first half in the first couple games. They sleepwalked through the first half, and everybody's like, man, what's going on with them? And, and, and it's not laziness, human nature. Like, they've been in these games before. They're, they're like, man, this is like 
this is a, what's the word I'm looking for? A formality to us getting back to where we were. We've been here before. We should win this, but all our energy is really focused. You, you hate to say overlooking team, but when you've been four out of the last five years, you're like, hey, this team we should be able to handle. But boy, when we get there, hmm. And they were the second game, so they already knew who the opponent was. You know, all that factors in. But not to make an excuse, but they, they are going to go into this game with an intensity, even Kyle Shanahan. I've never seen him, Mitchell, the way I saw him after that loss. After we lost that Super Bowl, I went into the office maybe a week later. He was watching about eight plays on replay, on repeat, just going back through. And, and he was sitting there like what he could have done. Not, oh, man, it was Jimmy's fault. It was Sherm's fault. It was E-Man's fault. It was, it was oh, they healed this. They healed that. He's like, man, I could have done this. I could have called this play in this situation and not put us in that situation. I could have done this. I could have done that. And you have so much respect for a head coach that can live like that because it's so easy to be like, man, if the guys would have just made a play, which is true. If they would have just made a play, we'd have won, we'd have walked. But when you got to go there and say, me, what could I have done better? It's different, Mitchell. It's different. And so that's why I think in this game, he's going to be so on it. You're not going to – you're rarely going to have the critiques of him in this game. I would highly doubt you're going to sit there and say – He's made the same mistakes that he's made in previous Super Bowls. I, I, I bet a hefty sum that he will not. There might not be a guy that, that needs it more no question. than Kyle Shanahan. I mean, <laughs> let's not overlook the Atlanta Falcons loss. You know, another dramatic game history was made, right? Mm -hmm. Tom Brady coming back from 28-3. to three, And obviously the letdown you guys had in 2019. <laughs> they're, at the, they're at the finish line here, Rich. But let's talk a little bit about this game. I, I was... In the gym, you know, working out yesterday. Hey, hey, Mitchell, tell me about it. Huh? Working on my fitness, Rich. There we go. And I overheard these two gentlemen next to me talking about your friend Brock Purdy. Oh, come on, he's and, pretty good. Uh, they didn't think so. Oh, my Mitchell. They didn't think so. They, 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 they were in said, Vegas. They, they may have been on some of those drugs that, they, that people talk they about. Might, they, they might be. But they said they're sick and tired of seeing guys get carried by good teams. I told you last week, Rich. Watching Brock Purdy against my Detroit Lions. Mm -hmm. Take it to him, dude. So brutally, take it to me. This guy made me a believer, though, Rich, because he is a gamer. He might not be perfect. He might not fit, you know, every mold that you want. He's not going to be 6'3". He might not be 225. Mm -hmm. But by God, he's going to help you win the game. I'm a firm believer in Brock, Brock Purdy. This is his moment to shine, right. Rich. I mean, this is where he's going to change the narrative. Right. About his career. Well, he's the third youngest quarterback mm -hmm. to play and start in the Super Bowl. What do you think is going through his mind right now, Rich? Mitchell, it's just another game for him. This guy, this is one of those guys. He's built like that. And I, I love to watch it. I love to see it because every game you feel that way. You don't feel like the moment's too big. Even when the moment's huge. They're down 17 at the half. You're like, my goodness. No Kyle Shanahan team has come back from a situation like this especially in the playoffs. Rarely do teams come back at all from these situations. But I don't think he's going to change anybody's mind. The people that think he's bad now will think he's bad after a, after a Super Bowl MVP. Mitchell, they will never be changed because they don't want to believe it. They, it. It goes outside of their logic. Mitchell, he's the kind of guy, if he was walking on water, they'd say it's because he can't swim. Mitchell, that's where they would be with it. That's where they would be. And you cannot convince people like that. If that's where they're at, that's where they'll stand, that's the hill they'll die on, then let them die on that hill while he wins and while he, he continues to elevate. But he wins this Super Bowl. 
and he wins Super Bowl MVP. I said this on the other show, Mitchell. Then for the first time, I mean, I can't say the first time because I would say Joe Burrow is a rival of, of Patrick Mahomes, but they haven't met in the Super Bowl. But they bet in the AFC Championship. Burrow had, got the best of them. Burrow is one of the few QBs that, that have put him out the, the playoffs. But no other quarterback outside of Brady has beat him in the Super Bowl. So if, if, if Brock Purdy in his second year starting beats him in a Super Bowl, all of a sudden Patrick Mahomes has a rival where you have to say, hey, you can say whatever you want, but in the biggest game, on the biggest stage, he lost to this kid. And when they see each other in a regular season, it will be brought, brought up. When they see each other, if they ever see each other again, it'll be brought up because it'll say Patrick is two and two. Cool. In, in the Super Bowl. But the only two quarterbacks he lost to are Brock and Brady. It's different. You can say what you want. He lost to a sixth rounder and a seventh rounder, Mitchell. And the respect level for Brock will have to change. The, the, the lens that you look at him through needs to change because he's a Pro Bowl quarterback. Like people say all this feel good, mystery relevant stuff, but there's three quarterbacks on each side in the Pro Bowl. I thought he should have been a pro, all pro this year. They didn't give it to him. Cool. But I think he was at least a top five quarterback in football this year. And, and the votes and everybody else's respect say that. It's going to be harder and harder for these people to discredit him if he wins Super Bowl MVP. And when they do, they lose credibility. They'll be losing it, Mitchell. Richard, you've been calling him for the last year. So if anyone's going to gain credibility, it's you. And, and we got receipts here at the Richard Sherman podcast. Richard, you called this matchup from the beginning of the season. So it's impressive. But back to the Brock Purdy discussion, and this is where my mind was going with it. The 49ers moved so many assets. They mortgaged their future to move up and get Trey Lance, that final missing piece that was going to push them over the mountaintop, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. what, a setback. what a setback. I mean, a, a setback that would destroy other franchises. Come on. Bust, right? What are we doing? If Trey Lance was given the same opportunity that Brock Purdy, if he did not suffer his injuries, I, I don't think the team would be here. They wouldn't. And that's just kind of the reality we face. So I've become a believer of Brock Purdy. I like what he does. I mean, we can get into his cap numbers. He's probably the most valuable player to his oh, team in oh, all football oh, because Mitchell. of that. And, and what will change is people don't understand first-rounders cost money too. Sure. And so Trey Lance is costing against the cap. Everybody's like, man, how are they going to be able to, 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 to keep this team together? Mitchell, in the future, I don't know how they're going to be able to do it. There's, there's voidable numbers. There's voidable years. There's ways to push, push numbers out, make, make it make sense. And I'm sure that, that, um, that John and Kyle are figuring that out. Uh, Prague is figuring that out right now. They've probably been working on it for the last couple of years. And I guarantee you, Niner fans, I don't care what the number is, and I don't think they will. If this quest for six ends in Las Vegas, Mitchell, they'll be like, cut the check. I mean, we've had every other quarterback – not take us to the promised land and win. This guy took us to the promised land, quest for six. We get bragging rights for the next however long we get to tell Cowboys fans we aren't the same as y'all anymore. We've won one and since the internet has been invented. Um, but I think that they're going to continue to figure out ways to make this team work because they draft well. Not only do they draft well, they develop well in the front office. They develop coaches well. And so when, every time you think, man, how are they going to pay this guy? How are they going to replace that guy? They find a way. Trent Williams will eventually have to retire. I don't think he's going to retire anytime soon because it's the best football he's ever played in his life. Unreal. And he's making it to places he's never been before. And that energizes you in the football space. You want to retire when you're sitting there going home every, every year 
you know, booking your, your vacations in December. But I think people like George Kittle, people like Fred Warner, people like Nicholas John Bosa, their, their cap numbers are, aren't going to look as crazy as the cap continues to increase. And they're going to find ways to keep this team together in a way that people are going to be really frustrated with. It, it will be frustrating because you can see you can see the trajectory of this team. It's only going to get tougher for their opponents. Right. Let's look at the other side of the football. I mean, Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's not let's not make light of this. I mean, this guy, this guy. You've talked about it a couple weeks ago when I asked you, is he is he in the Tom Brady discussion? And you said, Mitchell, he's he's already there. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is the, where are you? You know, I mean. Patrick Mahomes, if he wins this oh. Super Bowl, I mean, we've already talked about the team. I mean, he doesn't have the Tyreek Hill on the outside anymore. He's making do with what he's got. But if he wins this Super Bowl against your San Francisco 49ers, where does that put him in his legacy? Like, where does that put him with Tom Brady? Is he above Brady at that, that point? It, you can't get above him at this point in your career. You just haven't played long enough. You haven't, you know, it's hard uh, unless you – you were six for six in Super Bowls your first six years, got three Super Bowl MVPs. It's hard for anybody to justify you putting over Brady after he played for 22 decades. He's all-decade team, part of two decades. Like, no other quarterback's ever done that. He was part of the 2000s decade, all-decade team. He was part of the 2010s all-decade team. And there's only one quarterback on each team, or the two quarterbacks on each team. So you got to give Brady more credit. You know, you, you, you can't – there hasn't been enough time. I'm not going to give him that. I'm not going to say that. But I will say he's on pace. He's on pace. He wins this one. He's on pace, and he's on a uh, scorching pace to be amongst. It's going to be a conversation. It's not going to just be like Brady, and then who's after him? You know, it's, right. the people that watch this kid play are going to say it was him. It's all about who you play, just like the, the, the Kobe, LeBron, Jordan debate. It's all about who you watched. If you watched Kobe, you're probably going to say it was Kobe. Kobe's the greatest player you've ever seen. If you watch Jordan, you got to say it was Jordan. He's the best you've ever seen. If you watch LeBron – you're going to say he's the best you've ever seen because during their times, they were the most dominant. They were, it, it was clear, and regardless of who else was there, there were other great players when Jordan was playing. There were other great players when Kobe was playing, but Kobe was the, the king of the mountain. And so if Patrick Mahomes wins this, he's the king of the mountain. He's the face of the franchise. So when you talk about quarterback debates and you're like, who's the top quarterback in the National Football League? It's, it's him and a category alone. And then you talk about everybody else because there's nobody else to compare him to. You, you, can, you can talk about Burrow, but the knock against Lamar Jackson was he got hurt too much, Mitchell. And Burrow has missed, missed many seasons now. He's yep. missed two seasons. And not that these are injuries that he can control. It's nothing against him, but he's missed seasons. That's injury prone. And the only person I heard that about was Lamar Jackson. But if you put all of them together, you put Lamar, Josh Allen, um, Burrow, now you got the young kids. You Jared got, Goff. Jared Good. Goff. You got to because Jared Goff was in the conference final. Jared Goff has been to a Super Bowl. Jared Goff has played good football. If you talk about number one picks in their resumes, his, his stack's up good next to just about anybody else's. Um, but if you talk about who the top five quarterbacks in the National Football League are, he's in a different realm than all of them. And that's why everybody thought this year would be the year Lamar kind of puts himself back in that conversation with him and Mahomes. And if he would have done it because he got a second MVP, he would have been in the Super Bowl, potentially won a Super Bowl. Then you say, hey, Mahomes only has one more than Lamar. He has two MVPs. That's a conversation. Sure. But when you say nobody else has a trophy, nobody else in the conversation has a trophy, then what are we talking about? This kid just seems to be, again, the Bowser at the end of every match. You sit there and work your way up the totem pole and you get to Bowser and – 
He's in your home. Let's hope he doesn't send the Niners home, Rich. Mitchell, he can't send them. He can't. He can. Everybody's going home after this game, yeah, but just yeah. hopefully he sends them home with a win. Fair enough. Well, let's talk about the nuts and bolts of this game because you've played opposite of Mahomes enough times to know, you know, what to do against them and what not. I mean, I don't want to get into the play, but Sammy Watkins, right, right. Rich? I mean, what was? How do you? What are you telling the Traverius War? What are you telling to Diamador Lenore? Like, what do these guys have to do? to put themselves in the best position to prepare and, and play against Patrick Mahomes? Well, it's about the details. So the details of that play were very interesting because it was similar to what happened in the NFC Championship against Devontae. And it's late in the game. He took a hard inside release. Hard inside release 90% of the time is curl, dig, post. Um, and they run, they run certain concepts out of, out of certain protections. So they're in a max protect look, so it's a deep developing concept. But nobody runs inside release go routes because you just can't get it there to get too close to the safety. It's a dangerous throw. Quarterbacks don't do it. And so when a receiver inside releases, there is rarely a time he's going to get the ball if he inside releases and runs a go. That's why they don't do it because you're pretty much eliminating yourself. But Devontae was the only read, so he's going to push it to him any, so anyway. And Devontae sold a curl. He, he rose up right at 12 yards and act like he sat it down and then just kept going. Great move by him. Late in the game, Sammy does the same release, but Kansas City has a different kind of formation. They have plays where they literally inside release, run 20 yards, and just curl up over, like, right inside between the numbers and the hash. It's a deep developing route, and he's run it all day, and I've covered it really well. So I'm sitting here. When he gets to about 15, I transition to his inside hip, ready for him to run that curl, and he transitions out to the fade. And I said, ooh, that was a, that was a great one. That was a great move, and, and that's film study. That's the details. And now those are the details that you have to be on as a defense. There are th things that they've been beaten on, whether it was Green Bay found it, you know, found the weakness, whether it was um, something that Baltimore found in, in that, that Christmas Day game, or it's something that, that maybe Detroit found. They're going to find those things, and they're going to try to exploit them, whether it's in the first quarter or the fourth quarter. They're going to try it. If, if you got beat by, a, by out and up, at one point, they got in their game plan. They're not going to bring it in their first, first 15, but when they need to play, they're going to call the worst play that you've had this season on you, and you got to be ready for it. And so that's what I would tell them is prepare, and that's what their coaches are doing. They look at their shot tape. They look at their explosive tape. Hey, these are the most explosive plays we've given up all season. You study them because we're going to see just about all of them. You might not see all 10 of them, but you're going to see eight. You're going to see eight, and you're going to be like, Kansas City fans will look at the tape and be like, we don't have that play, and we haven't seen that play all season. Because that's the play San Francisco struggled with, not any of the other teams you played. This is the play they put in, very specific for this game. And so that's what I would tell them. Be prepared for those plays. Their coaches are telling them. Their coaches have been in these situations. So they'll be prepared for that. But on the opposite side, San Francisco is going to do the same thing. They're watching the tape against the Kansas City play Green Bay. And Jordan Love had three touchdown passes in that game. They ran the ball well. They threw the ball well. They pretty much exploited that defense for the most part. They're going to watch that tape. They had some struggles um, against, against uh, Denver a few times. They're going to watch those tapes. They're going to watch the games where they lost and say, hey, what can we get from glean from those tapes so that we can use? And, and that's the game. It's Copycat League. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. 
Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, it seems to me... The Niners have got to clean some stuff up defensively, specifically with the run game, defending the run. Uh, we saw it with Aaron Jones. He ran wild. The Packers gave him hell. We did not expect to see that. And, and then you see Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery do the same thing. They face another beast in Isaiah Pacheco. I know he reminded you a little bit of beast mode, the way he runs angry, man. That guy runs extremely angry. What are they going to do, do you think, to, to – remedy this because it seems like that is the weakest link for them right now with defending the run. They're going to stack the box for the first time they all season. They're going to stack an eight-man box. And I, I believe, totally believe, that Wilkes is going to swallow his pride. I think at times they've done this and they went away from it. They'll go five D linemen in um, and they'll mug up the tight ends. They'll go five down on first and second down because most teams run the ball on first and second down. They'll, they'll switch it up in that way is what I would believe because those are the answers to the test. You put your five best D linemen out there, you make them throw the ball, you trust your corners, you trust Deamador Lenore, Charverius Ward to do their job, Tayshawn Gibson, Jameer, Jameer, uh, Jair Brown, um, your two pro bowl, should be pro bowl, and your all pro middle linebacker, you trust your D line. And so this is going to be a player's game. This is going to be a player's game. If San Francisco is going to stop them, they're going to have to lean on these players to play well. You're going to have to lean on Eric Armstead, Javon Hargrave. You're going to have to lean on these young dudes, uh, Chase Young. This is a legacy game for Chase Young. Everybody talks about the legacy game for the 49ers, but Chase Young in this situation, if he plays well, Mitchell, let Chase Young get two sacks in this game. Yeah. Mitchell, everything about his career to this point will be forgotten. He will be what they made him out to be coming out of Ohio State. He wins a Super Bowl with San Francisco 49ers in, in, in a game that he plays really well. People will forget an NFC Championship game. They'll forget about everything. And he'll make probably $25 million a year next year. And that's how crazy the Super Bowl is for people's career. Now, if he goes and, and doesn't play well, then they'll judge him off of everything he did before. But if he plays well in this game, he gets two sacks. He might be Super Bowl MVP. And you're opposite of Nicholas John Bosa. They're going to double Nick. They're going to... They're going to watch him. They're going to chip him. They're not going to chip you. They're going to leave you one-on-one. You've got a chance to change your life right now. You've got a chance to change the narrative right now. And he can. He's talented enough. And that's how big this is. This is a legacy game for Chase Young because if he gets it done at a high level, Mitchell, they're going to break the bank for him and everybody's going to applaud him. Everybody's going to say that's the right move. He's developed into what he was supposed to develop into. 
That's wild, Rich. And you, you already said it. I mean, this is the David Tyrese of the world come out of nowhere in this game. A household name that is not going to be coming out of nowhere is Travis Kelsey. I mean, this is, this is the other beast of Kansas City you got to defend is Travis Kelsey and the Swifties now too, Rich. Let's not forget that. Very powerful. Very powerful. San Francisco has got what could be the perfect defense. You know, Fred Warner, all-pro Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw. What are you going into? How are you defending Travis Kelsey to make sure that he is not going for 10, 11 receptions like he did last week against Baltimore? Mitchell, it takes a team. It takes a village. And it takes Steve Wilkes to call the right plays. You have to give him his just due. I think Mike McDonald said, hey, I got an all-pro in Kyle Hamilton. I trust him. I trust him to be better than Travis Kelsey, which is fine to say. But once you recognize that's that's may not be factual today, you got to make adjustments and you can't be prideful. And I think they did make adjustments because he didn't. He had two catches in the second half, and you know they didn't score any points. So he obviously did make the adjustments. But you got to make them early. Like coming into the game, it would it it, it shouldn't surprise you they targeted him nine times in the first half. It shouldn't. After the first three, you're like, yeah, they're probably giving him the ball. Who else are you gonna go with? Right. And so. You have to make somebody else beat you. And so I expect everybody to, to be involved in that. I, I expect Fred to have his eyes on him, Drake Greenlaw to have eyes on him, Tayshawn Gibson to have eyes on him, uh, Jair Brown to have eyes on him, D'Amador Lenore get a few shots, Charvarius will get a few shots. It, they'll mix it up, but they'll make the Rashi Rices of the world beat them. Hey, Rashi Rice beat us. Uh, MVS beat us. Because if you let Travis beat you, then you didn't deserve to win in the first place because you let them beat you with their best weapon. And so I expect them to have a good plan for Travis. I expect them to get pressure on Patrick and it to be a tough game. You got to remember this Kansas City Chiefs team has only scored 31, 30 or more three times this season, which is an all-time low for Patrick Mahomes-led um, offense. And it's because their defense is so good that they're here. You know, at one point in the season, they were 9-6. and six. And – yeah. And they had lost, I think they lost two out of three. You know, they lost to the Raiders. Uh, they lost to Green Bay. And so this team's defense and Spags deserve a lot of credit. Chris Jones, uh, Sneed, uh, Justin Reed, guys like that, George Karloftis, guys like that have really had really great seasons, but it gets overshadowed because everybody's like, of course, Patrick, rightfully so. Patrick is here again. But they're here because – they gave up 10 points to Baltimore. Yeah. It wasn't because they scored 17. You know, 17 in, in an NFC championship game is still enough to lose. But when you give up 10 to the team that's 14 and 3 on the season, then you deserve a pat on the back. You deserve all the credit in the world for why you're in the Super Bowl. And that's why that defense is going to be a problem. Kyle's going to have to solve them before anything. Well, no doubt. And like you said, they are the most overlooked piece of this Super Bowl it is the Kansas City Chiefs defense. Traverius Ward, let's not overlook, he used to be a chief, right? I mean, this is a huge game for him, but Jadarius Sneed immediately steps up and fills his void and now is looking like one of the better cornerbacks in football. Richard, let's go to the other side of the football here for San Francisco. There are some absolute dogs offensively. I witnessed that firsthand against Detroit. San Francisco can beat you in a number of ways. Mm -hmm. CMC, uh, Debo Samuel, mm -hmm. the Swiss Army knife, you know, Ayuk. Are you okay? I mean, this this team, they're going against a tough, hard-nosed defense. What is your plan of attack? If you're Kyle, how are you going to beat the Chiefs 
is it, are you going CMC heavy? Are, are you mixing in Debo? I mean, it seems like the more touches Debo gets, the more efficient their offense is. What, what is your strategy going into this game, Rich? Well, Mitchell, you've got to have everything based in a good run game. And in the last of bro, we did not have Christian McCaffrey. You got Christian McCaffrey now, and it's the reason. You know, some of those runs that should go for zero, one, maybe one yard, he makes four. Some of the runs that should be four, he makes 11. And so you're going to start with him. You can misdirect and do all this with, with Tyshawn, Raekwon, Samuel, Sr. Um, but at the end of the day, it's going to start and finish with Brock Purdy. Like, that's it. That's going to be the most important piece of this game. And I think everything you hear from all of these big pieces offensively is that, hey, we go as he goes. You, you hear Kittle, you hear Ayuk, you hear McCaffrey, you hear Debo. They all will say, even, even Trent Williams, it starts with the quarterback. We go as he goes. If he plays well, we play well. If he doesn't play well, we go home. And we go home unhappy. And so, yes, you will run the ball with Christian McCaffrey, but he's going to have to deal. Kyle Shanahan is not going to run the ball 45 times in this game and, and, and say, hey, I, I want to take it out of Brock's hands and we're going to win the game like that. He's going to put it in Brock's hands. I expect him to throw it 30 times. I expect him to run it 30 times. But I expect of those 30, there's going to be four or five times Brock Purdy does something that is so different than any other Kyle Shanahan coach quarterback other than Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins used to occasionally just, just you know, forget everything and go Brett Favre and, and chuck it down the field. <laughs> You know, that's why he was throwing. Yeah. He, he's throwing for 400 yards a few times. Um, Against my Detroit Lions, also I threw four interceptions. I, in 100%, game, so. but, that's, but that's the part. I get it. That's I the get difference. it. Yeah. That's, you know, and you talk about Brock Purdy. People's like, he throws a lot of interceptions. Eh, I mean, almost half of inter his interceptions came in one game. And, you know, you, he had 11 on the year. He got four in one game. And so when you talk about his development, Kyle calls plays, and there are times he expects him to check it down to Christian McCaffrey right over the ball. Hey, everything's eliminated. Just hit it here. But Brock doesn't see it that way. Brock sees, uh, it might be eliminated for you, Kyle, but just, you know, watching me work. And then it's a touchdown to Brandon Ayuk. And you're like, okay, well, yeah, that's the way I drew it up. But <laughs> maybe I should draw it up different for Brock Purdy than I have in the past. And I think that's going to be the difference in this game. He's going to make plays that in the past would have been 10, 15 yards. Bombs. Touchdowns. And that's what they're going to need in this game. It's going to be points because points are going to be a premium. Their Kansas City offense doesn't score a ton of points. And hopefully San Francisco's defense steps up as they have a majority of the season and holds them in check. But in order for them to win, they're going to have to score points and they're going to have to score them early. Well, that's just it. And obviously a fast start is crucial. But, but they cannot – I mean, you look at the last two games. I mean, it, it, they were on the ropes against the Packers. They were, they were almost out of the arena against Detroit, right? I think people might have started packing up early if, if Detroit scored another touchdown in that third <laughs> quarter. But, Richard, they cannot afford to put themselves in that position like they did the first two playoff games they played in. Like, how do you avoid that? I mean, like, how does that happen first off? And if you do that against Mahomes, is it over? Yeah, it's not over. It's not over because he's human like all of us. And if you get ahead early on him, it's not over because he's shown the propensity to, to, to run it back and get where he needs to get. I think they're going to have to get a fast start. And, and again, that's where veteran leadership is going to step in because Kansas City's defense is number two in the land in scoring defense. Everybody's gave Baltimore so much credit, deservedly so, but Kansas City's defense is second in scoring for a reason. 
And they, they're in these games for a reason. Now, they bring a lot of interesting pressures, and they brought a lot of interesting pressures throughout the season that Brock's going to have to be aware of. But he was the number one quarterback when pressured, when blitzed, when under duress. He has the highest completion percentage, most yards, most everything. And so I think at the end of the day, they're going to have to play a complete game no matter what. So if they get if they get off to a fast start, yeah, it'll be good for the fans to feel like they're at peace a little bit and they're calm. But they're going to still have to execute because it'll be a reminder to them. Remember, you were beating them by 10 with seven minutes to go the last time you had them in the Super Bowl. Fast start, finish the job. And the guys that are there will 100% be re- reiterating that. I don't give, care if they're up 20. They're going to be reiterating that, like, Keep going. Keep scoring. Keep And Kyle's going to keep. He's not going to go conservative because he knows the heartbreak that he felt both in Atlanta and in Miami when we when we went to the Super Bowl and lost because he got conservative and he said, hey, we got the game won. Let's just cruise to the finish line. He's not going to cruise. He's going to put his best foot forward, everything he's got, empty the clip, let it go, and at least be able to sleep at night. Richard, you've been pretty spot on with your predictions. And I want to talk about this game what do you think, I mean, before we talk about the outcome, like, who do you see having the breakout game? Is there a player that you think is, is ready for this moment on both sides of the football? The Amador Lenore has played well in every single playoff game he's played in. He's going to be the difference maker. Mitchell, I got a feeling he, the moment just never seems too big for him. He gets turnovers. He gets his hands on the ball. I, he dropped the turnover in the Green Bay game. Um, I think he better drop one in Detroit. But you rarely see him beat where you're like, mm, I don't know if he belongs out here. And you don't hear about him a lot. He's cheap. He's cheap. He was a six-round pick. Yep. Like, he's going to be a difference maker in this game. I think Javon Hargrave is going to make a different difference. With, with Joe Tooney out, um, obviously they still got a great interior offensive line. Um, his backup played really good against Baltimore. But it's just consistency. That's consistency. Javon Hargrave, this is a big game for him where he's going to have to win this matchup. Eric Armstead, who collapsed a lot of those pockets in 2019, is going to have to have that kind of game this week. Uh, Nicholas John Bosa, Mitchell. There's a lot of stuff made about holding calls and missed holding calls, et cetera, et cetera. I don't think he cares. I think he's like, hey, if I got to run through him, over him, around him, I'm going to get to the quarterback and I'm going to disrupt these plays. And I think that this is a legacy game for, for him. Not that it'll change the trajectory of his career. He's going to be a Hall of Famer regardless. But man, in his mind, in the Bosa household, he'll go to his brother and say, I got a defensive player of the year. Got a Super Bowl ring. You want to come play with us next year? Go ahead and take a Mm. discount, brother, because you can come to San Francisco and make some money. You know, I'm not saying I'm a little big brother, but at this point, you know, you can follow my lead. Richard, that... You get those family members together on that defense, night, night. Okay, so you like Diamador Lenore. And and let's not forget about Diamador Lenore. I know he's from your neck of the woods, right? He's he's from Compton, right? He is. And I know he had a lot of accolades coming out of high school, went to Oregon, you know, didn't get drafted as high as expected. But I do like his game. Richard, to me, though, and this is where I I don't want to talk about kickers. But I think this is where... So don't jinx the kickers. I, I think this is where this game's going to end up. You got a rookie kicker out of Michigan, Jake Moody, stud at Michigan. He missed one last week, two weeks ago. You know what I mean? 
Harrison Bucker, the seasoned veteran. Richard, if it comes down to a field goal, how confident do you think Kyle Shanahan is with Jake Moody trotting out there to win the game? I think, I think he's really confident. I think he's really confident. I think he understands what's going on. Um, I think at this point, you got to trust. You got to trust the guys you got. And he wouldn't have him on his team if he didn't trust him. I think, obviously, everybody understands what's happened. And I think this was a, a kind of a missed point of the Detroit game. Because the kicker situation wasn't as understood as people made it out to be, Mitchell. People mm -hmm. all thought, hey, why isn't he kicking a field goal in this situation? These are kicking situations. But the particular kicker you guys have wasn't great in these situations. He wasn't great in these scenarios throughout his career. So it's not a just open and close, hey, let's just kick the ball. If he's not great from 50-plus, then I'm, I'm probably better off going for it on fourth and two than potentially missing the field goal and giving him field position anyway. And now I still think they should have run the ball, and I'm grateful that they didn't because they were averaging six yards a pop, and it was fourth, fourth and two and fourth and three. Um, and even then, the football hit the receivers in the hands. That's also something that San Francisco is going to need to adjust. They're, they're going to need to – there were three third downs in that second half, Mitchell, that you never convert. It was a third and 18. Yep. It was a third and 12. And it was like, wait a minute. Like, good teams never give these up. Those are things that, that, that have kind of, you know, because the run game, the way the run game went, people just ignored them. They're, they've overlooked them. That's one thing they're going to have to get corrected. No question about it. You can't give up a third and 18. You can't give up a third and 12 on a run play where the corner went unblocked. Ambry Thomas on that play was on the right side. The defense is right. Jameer Gibbs ran it to the defense's right. The receiver blocked the safety. He was untouched, unblocked. He watched Jameer Gibbs, who has unbelievable speed, run for 12 yards, untouched. Mitchell, I'm not saying I'm, I'm the best football player to ever play. But if you don't block me, there's a high probability I'm going to make that tackle. And I'm going to make it before you get to the first down mark. And that's something, again, sense of urgency. Sense of urgency. You got to have it. They got to get <laughs> off the field in those situations. No question about it, Richard. Let's hear it. Let's hear your Super Bowl prediction. I mean, where, where's your head at with this game? I want to hear final score. And then I also want to see who's going to be the MVP. Oh, Mitchell, this is a tough one to call. This is a very tough one to call. Because on one side, you got an offense in San Francisco that looked putrid in the first half versus Detroit, but then looked like world beaters in the second half, 27 unanswered. Then you got Kansas City Chiefs offense that looked really good in the first half against arguably the best defensive football. Second half, didn't score a point. Very tough game to call because you don't know how the matchups are going to play. Kansas City's played well historically against San Francisco, but I have San Francisco winning 27 to 24, Mitchell. And the reason I have that is because I think there'll be plays in this game in the second half once the adjustments are made. You'll watch the Kansas City Chiefs struggle for a while. And because you watched that the last time we played in the Super Bowl. And they had great weapons in. They had Sammy. They had Tyreek Hill. And they struggled. I mean, we got stop after stop. We had, got turnovers. We got a turnover in the fourth. And so, but in those situations, our offense didn't score. So the back-breaking plays that you expect, hey, we got a turnover. Offense goes down, scores a touchdown. Game's out of reach. I think... In those scenarios, if Patrick Mahomes turns the ball over, you will have the situations where 
they have the backbreaking. Kyle Shanahan will have sense of urgency. Brock Purdy will have killer instinct. Christian McCaffrey, they will understand in that moment they have to score. It's not maybe we should score or it's okay if we don't. You got to get it done. And so that's the difference in this game. Um, I think Kyle's coming to this game much more relaxed, much more under control than he ever did, almost to the point, Mitchell, they thought he was drunk. They thought he was drunk at the press conference, Mitchell, because he came to the press conference and he just said, I'm going to be myself. I'm not going to give you the standard tight answer. Hey, great team, great opponent. Uh, we're just doing our best here. He said, I'm going to be Kyle. I'm going to have my coffee. I'm going to be myself. I'm going to speak the truth. And if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. But I came in here tight the last time I went to a Super Bowl as a head coach. I'm not doing that again. That That's the key, Rich. He's got to treat this. Everyone says it's just another game, right? But reality is it's not just another game. But he needs to treat it just like another game. There's a lot of pressure on Kyle Shanahan. And I'm with you. I, I think that I think it's San Francisco's time. I mean, this team, from a Detroiter's perspective, we've had it real shitty, right? Yes, you have. The 49ers. I, they've won the most playoff games in NFL history, but they haven't won a Super Bowl since 1994. I know, Mitchell. And it's time. It's time. It's time. I like your score, 27-24. I'm going to stay right in that same ballpark. I think we're looking at like a 28-27-ish to Ooh, game. One pointer? And the reason I bring up the kicker is I think Jake Moody's going to come out and shine somehow, some way, okay. late. Uh, Richard. The last piece of this before we wrap, you got to have an MVP call out. Is it Brock Purdy MVP? Mitchell, it has to be. It has to be. The narrative, no matter what, I'm going to tell you this, Mitchell. Unless Christian goes like off, you know, for, for 180 and three touchdowns, they're going to give it to Brock just because the narrative is going to have to allow them to give it to Brock. He could have one touchdown pass in the game and they win 17 to nine. Mitchell, it's going to Brock. Because and, and when it comes down to this game and this young quarterback and the situation in which he came into the league, Mr. Irrelevant, uh, Mr. Irrelevant had never completed an NFL pass in a game. And you're talking about a guy who almost went to two Super Bowls in his first two years. I mean, he's about to break the draft process and get some people fired who didn't have him on the boards because their owners are going to be sitting there like, I know we had all the obvious ones, but clearly you're not doing the other research, because he's not on your board. He wasn't high enough on your board. So if you're missing on kids like this this bad, then you're probably missing on others. And so it's going to have to go to him because it's his story. This is a Brock Purdy Super Bowl. When you have a Patrick Mahomes is your Goliath, and rightfully so, he is a Goliath in this league. He has done enough to earn that moniker. But this David Mitchell, he got more than a slingshot and a rock. Mitchell, you know, you talk about the weapons this David has. He, he's out there with, with machine guns and rocket launchers and, and B-12s flying over. He's a guy, and it's always cool to have the underdog story, but rarely do you have the underdog driving a better car. Like, you, you talk about this being a race. This isn't one person's driving a Ferrari and the other person's driving a Prius. This is maybe the Goliath driving the worst car. And he's going to have to get out there and do more because there's a Ferrari on the other side driven by the David because he got, he's got CMC, Kittle. He's got Debo. IU, Debo. 
And then he has a fantastic defense just like you do. So I think it's going to come down to a game of wits. If he somehow, if it appears that he's outplayed Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, Mitchell, the internet's going to break. I'll be part of it. I look forward to that. So do Richard. We. I look forward to I look forward to your reaction video because by God, we need we need to go on. Richard, we are on the cusp of history here with the Richard Sherman podcast. We've come a long way. Mm-hmm. You know, we are we are live in studio here at the win. I think we're within a hundred subscribers on YouTube of eclipsing a hundred K. I mean, let's talk about that real quick because we have come a long way with our friends at the volume. We appreciate all you guys. Richard. Did you see this coming? Mitchell, I cannot say I see anything coming these days. Mitchell, I got a text from Jim Harbaugh the other day. Mitchell, my world is upside down, (laughs) turned around and around. So if I could tell you I expected my life to go the way, I would be completely telling you a bold-faced lie to your face. But what I will say is for the people that have been with us from day one to the people that have been with us a day, we appreciate you subscribing to the Richard Sherman Podcast, checking us out. We hope to continue to grow. We hope to continue to be here to drop you very genuine, hopefully articulate content where we're not talking bad about anybody. We're giving you the facts of the matter and the matters that we see as facts. We appreciate you. Everybody on YouTube, everybody on the volume that have helped put this together, obviously Rory and Goldie, they do a great job behind the scenes making sure that everything is cut up and you have these amazing, incredible short videos, long videos that you see every day. They're the guys. They're the masters behind the scenes. We're just the pretty faces in front of the screen. Not that they're not pretty. They're handsome. They're handsome guys. But thank you guys so much. You could be anywhere in the world, but you're here with us, and we appreciate you. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.